Welcome to the Solstice Space Podcast. I'm Dawn Hafner, and I put this podcast together as a place for us to come together, work on our soul, connect to ourselves, to experience meditation, growth, and have deep conversations about how our spirituality, our soul path, our journey is played out in life, in work, and in our relationships. So I hope you'll join me for some meditations and some interesting conversations. Have a wonderful day full of presence. And remember, we simply can't do this without you. You're more important than you can ever, ever know. Hi, this is Dawn Hafner from the Solstice Space Podcast, and I have a very exciting guest with me today, Nora Crosswaite from Home Sweet Des Moines. Hello. Hello. So thanks for joining me today. We're going to talk about all things business and soul-based work and some exciting events coming up in Des Moines that she has to share with us. Thank you. So thanks for joining. So it's a sunny Friday afternoon in Des Moines, and we're bringing this to you right before our weekend. Yes. So we're in weekend mode already. I can feel us buzzing. Well, I tend to work on the weekends. Yes, that's true. That's true for you. So um, tell me a little bit more about what your business is and what you bring to Des Moines in your work and, and how you're different than everyone else in your industry. So I'm a real estate agent, a residential real estate agent. My company is called Home Suite Des Moines, as you said, and I have um, another agent that works with me and a part-time marketing assistant and stager who helps get our listings ready for sale. So we really pride ourselves on being a full-service team. Mm -hmm. We take care of everything. Um, I'm very numbers-oriented, so when we're listing or buying, I'm always focused on what is the value that the market is telling us Mm -hmm. that this property has. Um, I also like to focus on education as opposed to um, persuasion in my business. My goal is to educate clients, and then they make the decisions. Okay, great. It's not up to me. Yeah, that's so interesting. So when you come to work with a client, what do you feel like is most lacking from an education standpoint the most? So like if I'm coming in either to sell my home or buy my home, what do I most likely not know? From a buyer perspective, it's typically mortgage question. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first, especially my first time home buyers. Mm-hmm. How much do I need to put down? Is my credit going to be good enough? Mm-hmm. What does a payment even include? How much does it cost? Mm-hmm. All of that. And mm-hmm. so we start from scratch typically. This is what you can expect to pay. These are the checks you can expect to write throughout the process. Mm-hmm. And here's how much. Okay. I don't like surprises. Mm-hmm. So Um, They're not good ever. Um, From a seller perspective, the two biggest things are what is the value of my home in the market? How can I make it more valuable? Mm -hmm. So we talk through that. It's a process. It can be a process getting your house ready for sale. Uh, It took me personally three weeks full-time, 60 hours a week, get mm-hmm. my own house ready for sale. Wow. wow. I don't live in a show-ready house. Yeah. Nobody yeah. does. And you even know like what it takes to, to uh-huh. get there, and it still took you that long to and get it, it ready. And it would take me that long again, mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. not all neutral paint, and mm-hmm. it's not all neutral furniture, and there's stuff mm-hmm. in there that's for my family and my need, uh-huh. and that's fine to live in. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you recommend? So if you have a home right now, and you think you might be wanting to sell in the next year, what would you recommend people start with in terms of like where to invest? Where are the best investments or what are the best things? Probably depends on what the house already has, but 
I would say the first thing to do is find a real estate agent. Okay. Run the comps, take mm-hmm. a look at, and this won't be, let's say someone's looking to sell in a year. I can run and look at the numbers now and say, right now your house is worth 250 That mm-hmm. does not mean that that's how we would price it a year from now. It mm-hmm. just gives you a sense. But we can talk through updates. Mm-hmm. I had a client recently who asked, do I need to put in another bathroom to sell my hat? Mm-hmm. I went, no. Holy cow, that's expensive. Mm-hmm. But could we paint and take up the carpet and expose the original hardwoods and Mm -hmm. change some lighting fixtures and maybe change some counters in the kitchen? And all of those combined are still going to be less than putting in that bathroom. So thank goodness they didn't just go do it. Yeah. Did they talk to you first? Because that would be quite expensive and they probably wouldn't have got a payback for that. No. Certain things provide payback. Certain things Mm -hmm. don't. If you're planning on selling, it's time to stop focusing on what you would want in the house and Mm -hmm. start focusing on quicker fixes and cheaper Mm -hmm. fixes. Great. So... Do you have anything you want to share about what's going on recently in the news with the Des Moines market? And I don't know if you want to share anything on that. I'm not super educated on it. I just keep seeing all the posts about affordable housing and and how what, you know, is being considered as maybe... The not biggest, in that direction. The biggest thing is um, Des Moines is considering implementing a zoning ordinance that says you have to have um, to build a new house in the city of Des Moines. It must be 1,400 square feet or larger, which is a medium-sized house. To build that house will be 300000 My first-time homebuyers, a lot of them are in the say 125 dollars to $225,000. Mm-hmm. So that prices everybody out of that market. When I look at the inventory today that we have, where we're lacking in inventory is under 250000 So mm-hmm. if you have heard of this ordinance and you want to write to your councilman, this is one that um, really scares me. Um, we also have builders, larger builders that do buy, um, build affordable housing have already said they will not build in Des Moines if this happens. Interesting. That's really hurtful. Yeah. And it's like we need, I feel like we just need all levels covered in the market. We do. Because there's different times in your life. So I'm getting ready. I have one going off to college and I have another one that has two more years and I want to significantly downsize. Right. So I want one of those houses that are a first time home buyer house right. for me because I don't right. need all that space and I want to be able to have an option. Right. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's. From what I understand, the city of Des Moines is claiming that they see people buy their first house in the city of Des Moines and then go to the suburbs for a bigger house. I understand that, but restricting homes to be 1,400 square feet or larger is the part that scares me. Mm -hmm. I would be okay if they were incenting more of that development as long as they didn't block more affordable housing as well. Right. Um, Or putting affordable housing in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. It's, It's... hard to find those houses in West Des Moines. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. well, it looks like there's some changes coming down the pike on that even today, so Yes, there are. I hope. There'll be I hope. Some Still too early to, to tell, but yeah. uh, I know the realtor community went up in arms. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah. so how did you get pulled into this space of work? Did you always know that you wanted to be involved in this, or how, how did you land here? What's the story behind that? It was accidental. Um, I used to be in IT. I was a software um, developer and then project manager. Anyway, I used to travel quite a bit and I worked, I was in that field for 17 years. And um, I just got sick of it. Um, Quit my job and spent a summer trying to figure out what did I want to be when I grew up. Mm -hmm. Ran into an acquaintance who's 
to be honest, name I did not remember, at Starbucks, and we started talking, and she said, I just reactivated my real estate license, and after about 30 minutes of talking about the market, she looked at me and said, why aren't you doing this? And six weeks later, I was licensed. Wow. That's so um, what really drew me to it was I had had a lot of um, not as productive real estate relationships personally, but then the last house I sold before that was actually my mom's house after she passed away. And my agent in Texas was outstanding. Mm -hmm. She was empathetic. She was knowledgeable. She held through with me through questions and concerns and ups and downs. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't an easy transaction at all, but um, she just made me realize that sometimes you need that support Mm -hmm. and I wanted to be that support for somebody. Yeah. That had to be so difficult. So you had to do that transaction from Iowa? Yes. In Texas? Yes. For your mom's property after she had passed away. That seems like such a trying time. And yeah. She so. was outstanding. It, it always is trying, I could imagine. Mm-hmm. Estates always are. But yeah. um, having that, that support was mm-hmm. amazing. We're still in touch. Mm-hmm. She helped sell my father's house mm-hmm. when he downsized last year. So mm-hmm. just that outstanding, that's really what made me realize that a realtor can make an impact. So I so, like to serve. Yeah, so it can be an opportunity to actually care for somebody mm-hmm, exactly. in, a, in a time that they really need support, Yeah, whatever they have going on. Because it's obviously a, a very big life decision, no matter what is causing this yes. to happen, so they need support and care. Real estate transactions are almost always through periods of transition, mm-hmm. good or bad, mm-hmm. right? Graduated from college, want to buy my first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, have to sell that because now I'm getting married, getting a divorce, having more kids, downsizing. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Selling for my parents because they're downsizing or Mm -hmm. they've passed or something. It is almost always, at least for my clients, Mm -hmm. almost always um, just this massive, massive transition. Um, I don't tend to work a lot with investors. I don't tend to work a lot with uh, commercial. In fact, I don't do any commercial at all. Um, My partner has done a little bit because I really like that impacting a family Mm -hmm. aspect of it. Right. That's awesome. That's beautiful. So you get to take care of people. I try. And their times yes. of need. That's yes. awesome. That's beautiful. <laughs> so. so then tell me a little bit more. This kind of leads into some of the other work. I know you're really passionate about a lot of nonprofit work in Des Moines. We've kind of run into each other on several things yes. on, on those aspects. But there's one that's near and dear to your heart that's coming up soon that you're spearheading. Do you want to share a little bit about what that I would, is? I would love to. Um, I work with Habitat for Humanity. Um, I used to volunteer for them back in Texas and in Wisconsin. And so Greater Des Moines Habitat for Humanity, um, for those of you that haven't volunteered or haven't heard about their system, what I love is that they don't give the houses away. They use volunteer work to do everything that volunteers can. They hire specialists for things like electric and plumbing and whatnot. Um, And then they actually sell the house to a family in need for 0% interest, 20-year loan. Oh, wow. So it's a reduced cost, absolutely. Mm -hmm. They're able to sell it for quite a bit below market rate, and they're looking for families who are a certain amount. They have to be working. They have to be employed a certain amount below the poverty level and the income level for the area. These recipients must go through financial classes, financial literacy classes, before Mm -hmm. they qualify. And they have to volunteer between three and 400 hours at another Habitat project. It's what's called sweat equity to also give back 
before they get the keys to the house. Oh, wow. So I, I love this whole process of we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, Habitat does this program called the Hammers and Heels Women's Build every year where they're women-led teams, and uh, the teams are building a specific house from scratch, you know, while mm-hmm. raising everything. Um, usually takes place late summer through the fall. And then at the end of the process, there's a house dedication. This year, um, I've organized a team for the last two years. My third year is this year. So I'm bringing a team of 15 volunteers, counting myself for um, the house this year is, the date is August 14th from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. And I'm asking anyone that wants to volunteer to sign up online, come volunteer for my team. You do not need any previous knowledge, any skills, any coordination, no tools. (laughs) I would bring water. Mm -hmm. I would wear sunscreen Mm -hmm. and closed-toe shoes. And I recommend jeans as opposed to shorts. Okay. But um, that's it. Last year, we were in the pouring rain, sheeting a roof. Oh, wow. The year before, we did siding and porches. I've done so many different tasks with Habitat, and they Mm -hmm. teach you how to do it there. Awesome. So Habitat, I actually donate a part of my commission every time I get a commission to, Mm -hmm. I donate $50 a house to Habitat. Awesome. That is such a great... It's a neat organization. I didn't know all that about Habitat. Yeah. I didn't know about the sweat equity, and I didn't know that it was actually not given... And all the requirements. And so I think that's amazing. It's Their goal is to make sure that they start mm-hmm. the cycle and it continues. Yeah. So this year's um, Women's Build House is going to a gentleman and his family, a gentleman named Andrew. Mm-hmm. He is a refugee from the uh, Sudanese-Egyptian border. Very excited to be finally securing housing for his family because mm-hmm. that's the foundation. If oh, you don't yeah. know if you're safe at your house, do you have anything? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. You have to have that to, to move on to other things for to sure. Grow, to grow, so, to dream. Yeah, exactly. To just mm-hmm. feel safe. Mm-hmm. So if someone wants to volunteer on August 14th, then how do they get in contact with you? Let's go ahead and put that here okay. just because then we don't have to wait for later. If someone is Perfect. at this part and yeah. they're like, I want to take action, how do I get involved? I think the easiest way is to email me mm-hmm. at nora at home suite. Des Moines.com. That's H-O-M-E-S-W-E-E-T-D-E-S-M-O-I-N-E-S.com. Great. And they can email me and I'll send them the link because there is a Habitat link to sign up. That sounds so fun. And it sounds so empowering too because there's a lot of women that are friends of mine that do love to learn about home improvement projects and are YouTubing it all Mm -hmm. the time and doing their own thing and you can mm-hmm. learn a thing or two that you can use in your own home and then do something good for someone else. Yeah, I can now use a hammer. Yes. I couldn't say that 10 years ago. Exactly. <laughs> so it's fun. It's yeah. a lot of fun. We all enjoy it. You're exhausted afterwards, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's so worth it. What a great, what a great project. Yeah. Great cause. So yes. thanks for sharing that. Thank you for asking. Yeah. So in your business, I know a little bit about the business in terms of like it's a lot of off hours and weekends and you're just on call mm-hmm. practically all the time. Mm-hmm. And I know you have your own family as well. So how do you keep it balanced? So what are some of your tools for balancing your energy, staying grounded, doing self-care for yourself? What does that look like for you? I do not work Friday nights and Saturdays. Mm -hmm. Typically, I've been known to make a couple of exceptions, like if I have a buyer coming in from out of town on a Saturday, Mm -hmm. I will go show houses, but Mm -hmm. it's rare, maybe once a year. 
I also give myself uh, space to be flexible. If I need to pick up my kid early for a doctor's appointment or, you know, she's 11, so mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of time left with her still liking mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And she's got a week between her um, camp and school starting this year. Mm-hmm. So that week, I'm probably going to be a lot less responsive. Mm-hmm. Um, will I still work when needed? Sure. But mm-hmm. I'm going to have her with me for a lot of my appointments. Mm-hmm. And we're doing some volunteering and doing some of those activities. Mm-hmm. And um, that's something I really like about this job is I can be flexible. I don't know that I'm successful at keeping it balanced every week. Yeah. I think balance looks different week to week. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a pendulum that swings yes, back and forth. and It's it, a yeah. pipe dream. It just yeah. doesn't, not consistently. Yeah. But those are my initial rules mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. Awesome. That's yeah. lovely. Yeah. So how, what does your daughter think when she goes on jobs with you and showings and what does she She hates inspections it? because uh-huh. they take forever. Uh-huh. Um, she has been on her fair share of showings uh-huh. and she has even gotten to the point where she will, if I'm showing a house to buyers with kids, she'll talk to the kids. Let's oh. go find your room. Oh, awesome. What do you think of this room? Mm-hmm. What do you think of the backyard? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's... Um, my goal for her is to see that we can treat people with respect. She can work for herself if she decides to. Oh, that's awesome to see that mm-hmm. growing up. So yeah. empowering that, yeah, my mom has her own business and here's what she does. Yeah. She creates her own world with it. But that's the goal. Yeah. It's a great It's a great position for yeah. it. It's still hard work. It doesn't mm-hmm. all come easy, but um, right. it's worth it. Awesome. Yeah. How about anything that you have as a go-to? So books that you love, podcasts, anything that you just feel like fills your soul and has given you some great lessons that stand out in life? Um, okay. My favorite, favorite, but do I have, I don't have a copy of it here. My favorite business book, The Mm -hmm. Go-Giver. Yes. Yes. I love it. It's, um, the biggest thing I took from it is to always add value. Mm -hmm. Um, that's one that I can read multiple times over and over again. Um, and it's a quick read. So Mm -hmm. whenever I have people asking me about business, that's kind of my first step. Mm -hmm. Um, I do like business books on occasion. I've been reading uh, one recommended to me called Traction and Creating Mm -hmm. My Core Values Mm -hmm. and that's been great. Otherwise, my other reading, don't laugh, is, is things like Harry Potter yeah, and absolutely. The Lord of the Rings. Absolutely. I read those every year yeah. um, and I go to sleep at night. I have yeah. a stack of Agatha Christie novels uh-huh. and I cycle through them. Yeah. I have them all. Yeah. And that way, if I can't sleep, they put me out in about three pages. Awesome. Because I know what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, it's good to have balance <laughs> in what you take in, too. So have to have cheesy. some fantasy and relaxation yes. and beach reads and yes and there's so many people that love Harry Potter oh just love finished it again yes my daughter's reading book five and I'm like would you hurry up so we can talk about it anyway <laughs> have you been to visit the Harry Potter um, in Florida I did go with a friend we went it was an unusual experience I had it was the end of a leadership program oh cool and we had to go to Florida for a meeting and so I went with adults with women. Okay. And so we had no no kids. That's awesome. Can and I we do got that? to go to the park and we we went to Harry Potter. It was fantastic. I have heard that. Mm-hmm. Did you do Disney too or just Universal? Just Universal. Okay. Yeah. See, that so, sounds awesome. It was awesome. It was like if anyone's ever seen the movie The Neverending Story. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> okay. <gasps> so it was like riding. I felt like I was literally nice. riding a dragon, oh, you know, through the I love air. That. And going down a cliff, and 
it was oh. just so the 3D and the animation and the reality of it was How out of this world. Cool. Yeah. How cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. See, it's on our list, but so, Disney yeah. has always intimidated me. Yeah. It so. is a lot. It's a lot to take on, especially <laughs> with kids. Right. I mean, I've done Disney with my kids before, but at that time it was just universal with adults, which was really nice. It was really odd because, you know, you all get corralled in those rooms. Yeah. And then... I felt like I should be looking for a child or a hand, and I'm like, okay, don't no, I don't, I don't have a kid with me. It was very, it was That's very awesome. different. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. So awesome. good. Um, how about one thing I always like to ask people on these podcasts because I want everyone to have an opportunity to share. I think we're all here for a much bigger purpose than mm-hmm. just our job and creating an income and making a nice life. I really have a deep belief that we're here to learn some soul-based lessons, and that we pick our journey here to some degree and we pull people into our space that are here to teach us. Mm -hmm. So do you have anything that you would like to share along those lines, either in what your job has added to your life in that respect for what you feel like you're here to contribute to earth or alternatively, if you want to share anything that felt like a mystical experience, a magical moment or something supernatural or God speaking to you, anything, anything along those lines that feels like this was a really profound event in my life that I feel like people could learn something from? Um, yeah, actually, um, when I was in IT, uh, my mom passed away in 2014, and she was 65. She had a PhD in computer science, worked for IBM for over 20 years. So me being in computer science made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, the month before she passed, I was working on a project out of Cincinnati, and I took a week and went to see her in the heart hospital. We knew she was very sick. We knew it wouldn't be long. This was the last visit that I had with her before she was on morphine and in hospice. And so I had my laptop, and I'm on conference calls, and, you know, she's mm-hmm. sleeping. I'm sitting in a room. I'm sleeping in the chair that whole week. And she looks at me one day. I didn't even realize she was awake. And she looked at me and said, um, you're going to kill yourself. You're mm. doing to yourself what I did to myself. Mm. Right? I'm getting chills that again just chills. thinking about it. I just it. got chills. Yeah. She said, I did this. I did mm-hmm. this. I did the travel. I went to India and Europe. Mm-hmm. And you're going to kill yourself. And at the time, it didn't impact me. I was just, you know, mom busy. You know, blew it off. Mm -hmm. Okay, I get it, but I'll be fine, mom. Yeah. Um, A year and a half later, I was finishing up a project at work, and uh, my boss said to me, okay, I guess I need to find you the next project. And uh, I said, don't bother. I think I'm done. And it was the same thing. It was that it took that long for that lesson to sink in. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. had to call my husband. I quit my job today. Uh-huh. <laughs> God bless him. He uh, yeah. he didn't um, faint. Yeah. He didn't kill me, you know. But that was it. For me, it was realizing yeah. that um, what kind of life would my daughter have if I wasn't around for her. Right, right. And how did your life feel? And then how did you want it to feel? So was that a decision that you felt like just came up? upon you like did that surprise you as well as other people it surprised surprised me it actually didn't surprise my husband as Mm -hmm. much it surprised me because I'm not a risk taker or I wasn't a risk taker Mm -hmm. at that time I was a very conventional Mm -hmm. you know you have the corporate job you save in the 401k very very conventional and that was 
unlike anything I'd ever done. And unlike anything I've ever done since. Right. It's been yeah. an amazing journey and not to have the next step planned. Either. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. So after you gave that news to your boss <laughs> and your husband, and then how did it feel in your body <clears throat> that day? How did it, do you remember? It felt right. It felt right. It felt right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are some decisions you just know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just, it was right. Mm-hmm. It was time. I was terrified, but in a good way. It mm-hmm. was very exhilarating. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. I think there's a lot of people that have taken that conservative route, self-included. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a generational thing. It's a family I thing. Right. I mean, it's, there's, there's so many reasons yeah. yeah, that it makes sense at one time. And then sometimes later in your life, you do start to question what's right. it all about. And am I going to look back and, right. and wonder what if I would have done something more authentic for myself. Yeah. yeah. My only regret is that mom wasn't around to see that I listened for once. Yes. So. Although I would say she <laughs> did see. I hope but so. Yeah. I'm sure I'd she I'd like saw. to think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're right. It's, mm-hmm. I think it is a lot, it's generational because, um, you know, certainly when I graduated in the nineties from college, it was all about hey, you get the job, and you Mm -hmm. switch jobs every few years, Mm -hmm. absolutely, Mm -hmm. but you are always employed. Yes, exactly. And the other things I think are so interesting that come from my generation and older, too, is that working should feel like suffering. Mm -hmm. There's a bit of that. There's a bit of if you're making a, a pretty good paycheck, it should be really, really hard. Yeah. You know, you should be working a lot of hours. It should be right. stressful. 70 hour week. Painful. Right. And I think there's a lot more people coming to that and saying, I don't want what you're selling. Yeah. I don't want your lifestyle. I don't want your big mortgage. I don't want your vacation home. I don't want any of that stuff. Yeah. I just want to have peace in my day and love my family and my friends and live a nice, quiet life where I still have connection and depth. Mm-hmm. And meaning, but yet I'm not chasing all of that stuff that in the end, a lot of us will come to eventually and look at and say, what was it all for? Right. Absolutely. We we want to be able to live our value and those values in a lot of cases are peace. Yes, exactly. Time with the family. Yeah. Awesome. So then when you made that change after you came to your new business and kind of got that going, did you ever... Can you witness a difference in how you feel in your body or your nervous system? Like, do you feel less stressed? Yes. I think the biggest thing is I'm home. I was on the road 70% of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, My last business trip before I left IT, um, my husband called. I was in Los Angeles, and my daughter was seven and had a 103 fever. Oh, no. And I said, that's okay. I'm, com- I'm coming home. I'm mm-hmm. going to go get on a plane. I'm coming home. And he said, I got it. And I said, I know mm-hmm. you do, but I want to be there, too. Yeah. It took me 17 hours to get home. Oh, no. Driving to LAX mm-hmm. and getting on the first red eye and connecting mm-hmm. in Detroit and 17 hours. Now, um, she goes to school two blocks away. If I get a call that she's sick, I can be there in an hour. Yeah. No matter where I am in the metro, yes. I'm there. Yeah. <clears throat> it's huge. Um, I'm not nearly as exhausted. I don't feel like time is flying by as fast. Mm-hmm. I get to be with my family, and mm-hmm. it's just amazing. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Congratulations on making Thank that you. change, and good for you on listening to your intuition. <laughs> 
Scary. Even scary as it is. Scary. It is scary because it doesn't ever give us the full picture. It just gives you a little piece and yes. asks you to trust it. Yes. You just have to know, <laughs> yes. right? This is the first step. Yes. Yes. And you don't always know why. No. Yeah. Or where it ends. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about, so in business, mm -hmm. you work with both men and women, mm -hmm. but I know you're also really involved in women's businesses mm -hmm. through Femme City and just your different acquaintances. How do you think women do business differently than men? How do we network differently? Is there anything in that space that you feel like is changing from old school? So what's really interesting is I go to networking events that are all women and it's very... It can be powerful, but there's more of a how are you as opposed to how's business feeling. Mm -hmm. um, I think we get into deeper relationships maybe faster or what feels like a deeper relationship faster versus if there are, even if you see, um, you know, a temporary event where maybe men are joining the same group for one event, the tone changes. Mm -hmm. It feels like you can't be as frivolous. I don't know if women feel like they can't be as frivolous or, and that's the expectation we put on ourselves mm -hmm. or if that really is an expectation from the men folk. Um, I spent a lot of time in IT working with all men, especially warehousing and manufacturing. And I spent most of those years trying to be one of the guys. And in retrospect, that was stupid. Because I'm not one of the guys, exactly. and I'm never going to be, exactly. right? Yeah. Um, but it was, that's what was expected. Yeah, I do. I think that's so interesting that you touched on that frivolous aspect. Because I do think some of the things that maybe women tend to talk about seem a little less business-oriented and more personal and mm -hmm. kind of fluffy. Mm -hmm would be maybe like society's mm -hmm. perception of that. However, when I think about men and their networking and their communication at work that doesn't have to do with the business aspect, it's usually sports. Yes. And so I could also say that's pretty frivolous too. I think it is, but... So we just connect <laughs> on different things. You know, although women, it's viewed as kind of detrimental to business, maybe the way we do it. Whereas men, I think sports has been part of their conversation for so long as part of business, it's accepted as it's part of the game. expected even. Yeah. You have to, that was me being mm -hmm. one of the guys talking mm -hmm. college football. Yeah. Right? Um, I read an article recently that talked about how um, women that get bigger corporate positions, CEO, CFO type mm -hmm. roles, it's usually a company that's having some significant struggles. And the theory was either that men don't want to take it on because they know it's failing, or that this is like a last-ditch Hail Mary mm -hmm. effort. And I mm -hmm. found that fascinating, um, number one. But number two, business is all personal. It is. Mm -hmm. So why why should we be scared of that? Right. Um, but something I am seeing with women, too, is it used to be when I started in IT, there was only room for one woman at the top. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot harder for other women to support women mm -hmm. because there was only room for one. Mm -hmm. I'm not seeing that anymore. Mm -hmm. um, it's not pie. If you win, that doesn't mean I lose. Yes, absolutely. And that's been such a fantastic change. 
Yes, that is one thing I definitely see different in women's networking than than men also is the collaboration. Yes. As opposed to competition. Yes. I don't ever feel that way at women's events. Like it's a competition and, you know, if another person in my space is talking to someone else, oh darn, you know, they're not going to have room for me. Like it's not at all like that. It's more, it's literally more about just getting to know the person on a personal level and then understanding what they're about. And the connections I always feel like will come to be if they're supposed to be. It'll organically just happen. Yes. I don't really worry too much about Who's no. meeting who and who needs hooked up with who and how I can help even. It's just, it'll happen. It'll click with me and I'll know, oh, you need to meet this person. Right. Because I can hear where you are and what you need and this guy has got it. this person needs you, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. It's, yeah, it's been fantastic to feel mm-hmm. that supported. Yeah. I mean, being in real estate, it's a very competitive field. There's mm-hmm. 2,300 realtors in Des Moines. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned Fem City. There's mm-hmm. at least ten realtors in Fem City. Mm-hmm. I probably saw five of them today. Mm-hmm. The Coffee Connection, totally fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally wonderful. Fine. I yeah. love it. I love yeah. it. And that's the way it should be. Yes, awesome. I think we're getting there. Awesome, <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. So one other question that I always like to ask people, kind of in relation to that mystical question, is: as humans, we all struggle with this at one time or another. So why do you think we're here? We as humans, man, that one's even tougher. Um, I like to believe that I am a fairly faith-based person. I do believe in some higher being. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that I know the purpose of why we're here. Mm -hmm. It's one of those that I have to have faith that there's Mm -hmm. a reason. Mm -hmm. Um, But... I think that maybe we're here to learn that actions matter mm-hmm. and consequences matter and to trust. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, to, definitely to trust. Yeah. yeah, faith and trust. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, too, I feel like even if you don't know the big overall plan, do you feel like you get a glimmer of it at like minutes and moments? Yeah, I, I feel like um, I feel like. Any one person's purpose changes. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it right now for me is guiding my kid through the coming teenage years. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. (laughs) Yes. And preventing her from making any huge irrevocable mistakes. Mm -hmm. That's kind of Mm -hmm. my purpose right now. And releasing into this world this human that will then make, it's like a butterfly effect, will Mm -hmm. then make things around her better than they were. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. That's beautiful. I love that. That's, but in yeah. 10 years, I don't know what my purpose will yeah. be. <laughs> I think that's great. It does always change. It does. And witnessing that that's going to come down the pike. Yeah. So I think that's hard for a lot of people who are mothers is that you do get so wrapped up in your label and identity. I think that's one of the interesting things as women, we tend to associate by relationship. Yes. So oh, I am I, love that. I am so and so's wife, I am so and so's mother, I am so and so's daughter. And then if all of that happens to disappear over time because someone moved out of the house and went on with their life or perhaps there was a divorce or your parent passed away, what are you now? What am I now? Do you have value? Yeah. What am and I? And the answer is yes, yes, but how do you find it? Exactly. And yes. How do how do you define your value without an association to someone else? Oh, that's that's, so interesting. that's a quote. That feels like a a blurb that should go on a mm-hmm. book or a website. How mm-hmm. do you define your value without someone else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think that's super interesting <laughs> to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm kind of working into that space with my kids getting out of the house. Yes. And then, yeah, I'm not going to be identified anymore as Drew and Ethan's mom. 
Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Um, the last 10 years of my mom's life, I called her every day. Yeah. So. That's awesome. You never know. Yeah. They might need you more than you think. Exactly. Or I might need them. Or you might need them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And yeah. raising teenagers, I always had the rule, you get one really bad, whoops, and that's it. Just, and each of yeah. them took it. <laughs> I don't know that I want it to be, you know, skipping class. Okay, I get it. Mm -hmm. But there are some really bad decisions that change your life. And that's really what I'd like to avoid. Yeah. Like to stick to the minor bad decisions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Keep it so that they can recover from it. Exactly. And learn from it and then go on. Yes. So we'll see. We're still in the phase where she still talks to me. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's That's awesome. It'll, It'll be better than you think. I don't think it was as bumpy as people told me it would be. Okay. So. Well, I'm thinking it back to mine, so I'm thinking it's going to be pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) So hopefully it's better than that. Hopefully. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me today and having a conversation about all these important things in life. Thank you. I'm really honored to be chatting with you. It was nice to get to know you a little bit better. Likewise. And I'm super excited for your event coming up. So anyone who's interested in Hammers and Heels to support Habitat for Humanity on August 14th. Make sure that you email Nora. I'll let you go ahead and and say your email or your website, whatever you want to share for ways to get a hold of you, and I'll put it in the show notes also. It's uh, My email address is nora at homesweetdemoin.com. That's N-O-R-A at H-O-M-E-S-W-E-E-T-D-E-S M-O-I-N-E-S dot com. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thanks everyone for joining. Hopefully you enjoyed our conversation and got a few nuggets out of it for your own life and some inspiration to listen to your intuition. And sometimes when things feel right, you need to do the scary thing. And it could turn out really beautiful. So thanks. Have a great day. Thank you.